What's going on, NBA fans? I'm Kevin Haswell alongside Blake Pace for another episode of Courtside Take. Uh, you know, interesting all-star weekend, a lot to talk about. So, Blake, how you doing? Good. Not bad. Uh, had a good weekend watching all the uh, contests, all-star game, rising star. Uh, it was a solid weekend in L.A. They always seem to do it a little bit bigger, um, bigger and better in L.A. So it was a nice weekend. How about yourself? You know, pretty well. Uh, I want, The dunk contest was kind of interesting. I mean, I feel like a lot of guys did, you know, throwback dunks. Um, and, you know, I know you want to rant about the uh, judges. Yeah. But, uh, so, yeah, you know, what were your thoughts on, you know, the slam dunk contest, three-point contest, and the uh, skills competition? Yeah, so, I mean, unfortunately, with the skills competition, it was it was so upsetting to see Kristaps not be able to defend his title um, or make his first All-Star appearance. That was really upsetting. But uh, how about your guy, Joel Embiid, just cheating his way out of the skills competition and still losing? I mean, he... he Instead of passing a ball through the net, just missed all three of the attempts and then said, oh, well, I missed those. Now I can go on to the next thing. Still ended up losing to Laurie Markkinen. Um, it was a fun contest, though. It's always an interesting one. Um, finally, the guards beat the bigs. Um, Three-point contest, you know, got hot. Uh, Devin Booker crushed it. Um, that was an amazing contest. But I have problems with the dunk contest. And most of those problems um, come from the judges. I have no idea uh, why you're having um, celebrities judge a, a dunk contest. I, I mostly watch All-Star Weekend for the All-Star Game and then the dunk contest. I don't want to see DJ Khaled giving nines to everyone or you know everyone just giving all tens to every dunk. I was so upset because Oladipo, his first dunk, missed all three attempts and still got a score of a 31. Yeah, see, here's a, yeah, I wanted to say something about that because I feel like you know, there were so many 50s, and it was, like, yeah. a perfect score. I mean, that has to be, like, a dunk that's never been done before. It's got to be, like, a ridiculous dunk. I don't know. I feel like they were handing out scores that were ridiculous. I mean, if you miss a dunk, you should get a zero. Yeah, exactly. You, you don't get a 31. Your night, your night should be over. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that was upsetting. Um, you know, I love seeing the throwbacks. I love seeing Larry Nance have use his dad so much in there with the old uniform and stuff like that from Phoenix. Um, it was cool seeing uh, – Seeing Donovan Mitchell put out the Vince Carter dunk, I would have loved to see the honey dip if he brought that back. But, um, yeah, like you said, a lot of cool throwback dunks. It wasn't anything really new like you saw that one year with uh, Levine and um, Aaron Gordon. You know, hopefully maybe those two make a return next year and, you know, go up against Donovan Mitchell and uh, Larry Nance. Yeah, I think Larry Nance kind of got robbed in this contest. The one dunk where he had where he bounced it off the backboard, bounced it again while he was in the air and dunked it. I think it got kind of lost exactly. with how fast he did it. Yeah. Um, you know, I think, you know, the replay really showed how great of a dunk it was and I don't think he got the respect he deserved for it. Mm-hmm. Also, he wasn't very flashy about it. I mean, you saw uh, you saw Donovan Mitchell do the whole um, celebration like Vince Carter did when yeah. he celebrated. The and all Nance, Nance just threw it off the backboard, dunked it, and then just, you know, walked over exactly. to the sideline. And I feel like, you know, they don't – judge strictly off the dunks they judge off the performance as a whole mm-hmm. yeah and you know i think larry nance got robbed i don't know about what you think about yeah that. definitely i thought that you know i mean to start off um with even donovan mitchell's first dunk i mean in my opinion anyone can throw it off of a of a, another backboard get the right angle and throw home another dunk i didn't think that was that electro uh, electrifying um you know I do think, you know, it was fun having young guys in there that kind of seemed to be like the, you know, the the athletic freaks of the NBA. Um, of course, I would still love to see what you would get from like a LeBron James in the dunk contest, but it doesn't seem like we'll ever get that. Um, maybe, you know, next year you have, you know, maybe 
Nance and Donovan Mitchell return. Maybe you get a combination of Levine or Aaron Gordon, and maybe you throw in, you know, if someone like, you know, the Greek freak. I mean, he could do amazing things in a dunk contest, to, you know, to maybe throw him in there. It just kind of seems like the dunk contest doesn't have stars in it. Why don't we throw the best players in the NBA in a dunk contest? Like, why, why won't LeBron do it? Why won't, you know... Let's think about, you know, even Durant. I mean, I feel like Durant could yeah. put some filthy dunks down. Um, you know, I, I just, I like the players they got. I mean, this year was pretty good. I mean, they got some of the most athletic players. But I think a player went, that went under the radar was Dennis Smith. I mean, mm-hmm. his second dunk was probably the best of the contest. He went between the legs yeah. reverse. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that was one of the filthiest dunks I've seen in years. And, you know, he got a perfect score of 50. But after his first round where he got a 39, yeah, exactly. he was eliminated. And, uh, you know... And you're giving 30s to Victor Oladipo, who's missing dunks. I mean, I think it's ridiculous that Dennis Smith didn't get a get a shot to win this contest. Yeah, so that whole format, I feel like, didn't necessarily work with the celebrity judges and whatnot. But what did you think about the new format for the All-Star game? You know, I, I was a fan. I mean, I think, I think LeBron, you know, having the two team captains with LeBron and Steph, I mean, I think, I think if they had different captains, it would have been different. But LeBron... Having LeBron as a captain really helped cultivate a culture that they wanted to make that All-Star game better. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, you saw teams trying harder. I think the All-Star game was much better last night than it has, has been in years. Um, and it was really cool because they upped the donations to charity and they upped the uh, winnings for the game. So, you know, I think there was a little extra motivation and it was really cool to see, you know, LeBron and Kyrie playing together again. I mean, that would have happened if you had the Eastern and Western Conference, but there were still a lot of combinations that were really cool. Mm-hmm, definitely. I, I loved it. I, you know, everyone's biggest complaint was that you didn't get to see the draft um, live, which Adam Silver came out and said, you know, maybe that's something they'll do next year, which I think would be great. I'd love to see, you know, them, you know, maybe even if it's like a day before the draft, you have all of them out there, you hand out jerseys on the court, and then they're like, all right, you get one practice, and then you throw them in for the game. Um, I loved the whole the whole idea of picking the teams. I, I, it was so interesting to me to watch a combination of um, LeBron James, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and Russell Westbrook on the court, you know, especially in the fourth quarter of that game. That just like lineups that you don't get to see because of the, you know, the usual format of Eastern Conference, Western Conference. You get to see the whole, you know, you get to see some of the best players on the same team and it's not just conference based. So I love seeing LeBron and Katie play together, Russ and LeBron together, um, and having those two, you know, dynamic duos back playing together in a game was just really interesting. And I also think, to your point, you know, upping the the money that you make towards your um, towards your charity if you win, I think that really helped with it too because you know the players are playing for something more than just you know a small paycheck for being in the All Star game and and you know you get to go out there and you you saw defense in this the big problem with the All Star game last year is it was what 190 180 something you you can't have that it, it was just it was easy dunks and just lazy threes there was no defense but you saw so many fouls get called i remember some at some point in the third or early fourth quarter like team lebron had like 16 fouls so like you were playing defense you had some contested plays you saw you know blocks a lot of aggressive blocks I mean Joel Embiid got Russell Westbrook uh, pretty good on that one and um, so I don't know I thought it was it was a really good um, change and I think it's something that will make the all-star game you know a lot better going into next year yeah and you know I think the three-point contest kind of got lost on the whole fold Mm -hmm. this weekend I mean 
Who ended up winning? Devin Booker? Yeah. I mean, that kind of got <laughs> lost in the fold. And one thing that surprised me is uh, Tobias Harris. Why Why was he in the three-point contest? He was contest? a finalist. I know, but why he, was he in the three-point contest? I don't contest? know. I mean, he's you know, not, not like the prototypical good three-point shooter. I mean, fun fact, his uh, sister plays, plays at JMU. At JMU. My, yeah, she's my a freshman, Tori Harris. roommate is a tutor. Oh, really? For her, yeah. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So, you know, I really thought that three-point contest had more potential, and I think it got lost in the fold. I think Devin Booker was, you know, he, the round. He put up the – I think he broke the record for the best round yeah. um, mm-hmm. ever with a score of 28 over, I think, Clay Thompson's 27 last year. So, you know, it, it kind of got lost in the fold, and the skills competition was really cool as well. Um, but Celebrity game, Quavo. Put up 18 or 19 points. He had a solid game. Yo, and how about Bubba Watson getting getting right? blocked <laughs> by uh, Tracy McGrady and then going out and winning the his tour tournament this weekend? I mean, that was he had a solid that was weekend. pretty cool as well. Um, but overall, you know, the All Star Weekend is what it is. It, it could have been better. I think we can both agree. Yeah. Uh, you know, the NBA All Star Game could be so much better than it was. I mean, people were saying how much better the game was last night, and you know, when I was watching it, yeah, sure, it was better than last year. I still don't think. Um, I still don't think the teams got... I don't think they were playing as hard as they could have been playing. I mean, if you watch them, they weren't playing defense. Oh, well, they, they were playing so much more defense than it like was the like, past two seasons. Yeah, but it was like, I'm going to let you drive by me just so I can maybe block you from the back. Exactly. If I don't, I don't. You're never going to convince them to give a full-out 100%. It's their all-star. It's their break in the season. It's you know where they kind of get fresh so they can go towards the second half of the season. But comparatively, I, I loved this all-star game, especially when it got you know five minutes in the fourth quarter. Everyone seemed to finally play, you know, maybe not... 100%, but 85, 90% defense. And that last play when you had LeBron and KD, you know, doubling Steph Curry and he couldn't get a shot off. And, and there was just like a whole 13 or 10 seconds left in that final possession where they just couldn't get a shot off. So, I mean, that's yeah. a defensive play. I, I think they I think, I think they played a lot harder with like, you know, three, four minutes to go in the game. Yeah. I think it was mm-hmm. more, you know, back and forth, back and forth. And then, you know, hey, the game's close. We gotta actually win this thing. Exactly. Um, but I wanted to pose this question. So Matt and I actually drafted our own team Stephs and Team LeBrons on Thursday. Uh-huh. Um, team Matt and Team Kevin. Uh-huh. And uh, I wanted to read off the teams, and you tell me which team you thought would win this. Uh, so uh, Matt's team had LeBron, Steph Curry, Carl Anthony Towns. You're gonna have to listen because there's a lot of names. Carl Anthony Towns, the Greek Freak, Clay, Kyrie, Aldridge, Horford, Beal, DeRozan. Drogic and Oladipo. All right. You got all those names? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And my team, clearly better. Kevin Durant, James Harden, Anthony Davis, Russell Westbrook, Andre Drummond, Joel Embiid, Paul George, Jimmy Butler, Draymond Green, Damian Lillard, Kyle Lowry, and Kemba Walker. Ooh. Oh, that's tough. I don't know. I feel like... So we'll just read the starting five here because that will help it a little bit. Steph Curry at point guard for Matt. Then uh, Clay, Greek Freak, Braun, and Carl Anthony Towns. And then I have Russell Westbrook, James Harden, Kevin Durant, Andre or Anthony Davis, and Andre Drummond. Uh, I don't know. I I gotta go with Matt on the starting oh, lineup. I just I like the shooting. Alright, but better. he's got Aldridge and Horford on his bench. I know, that's and what I those have, two names that I have you with. Oh. And I have Joel Embiid, PG three, PG thirteen, and Jimmy Butler. I mean, I know. Well, Jimmy Butler didn't play a single second last night. Yeah, did you see Lou I mean, Will? Lou Williams was, he was mad just like, about that. How do you waste a, How do you waste a seed in the All Star game and not play? Apparently, he was sick. 
maybe you know maybe a little too hungover from celebrating All Star Weekend. What, that's what people were saying. That was really a that's what that's a rumor. Yeah, yeah. I was listening to uh, another podcast earlier this morning that was basically saying that the rumor is that Jimmy Butler went out the night before the All Star game and just didn't want to party too hard. Oh yeah. man, that's interesting. Well, so I think. Man, that's tough. I I like you know the James Harden Kevin Durant combo, but I like the Stephen LeBron combo a lot too. Um, Andre Drummond is just like I don't think he's fit for an All Star game. I don't know. I didn't I didn't enjoy watching no, see, Andre the, the, Drummond the, last here, night. Here, here, one let me bit. let me have my. So the reason I went with Andre Drummond. So I have Durant and James Harden. So I have two great three point shooters. Yeah. To go along with the brow, which you know Anthony Davis. Is great for an all star game. You can oh, yeah. block, you can shoot the three. You saw it last year. Exactly. And then I had to go with Russ for point guard because Russ is going to play hard the whole all star game. <laughs> he's the fastest. He's <laughs> Even when people are trying, he's the fastest player on the court. Yeah. And he's a great passer. Now, see, I have four good shooters around, right? I needed one rebounder. I think Andre Drummond provides those offensive rebounds, pass back out to Rant, Harden, Russ. I mean, Russ isn't a great three point shooter, but, you know, even Anthony Davis, I mean, Drummond I had just, to go. He's the best looked, rebounder out there. Drummond just looked so slow last night and uninvolved. I mean, who did he? Uh, he has Carl Anthony Towns, right? Yeah. Does he have Kyrie also? Yeah. See, oh man, I got to give advantage to Matt. There. I have Joel. Did you? I don't listen. You love. I understand you want Joel on your team, dude. Did you see him stuff Russ last yes, night? Yes, I know. I he had that great three and then stuffed Russ. Did he get the win? No. And also, everyone was chirping at him all day. Uh, that yeah, was also just a funny storyline is that like they kind of had some attitude towards Joel. I don't think the players of the other stars like LeBron, you know, stared him down a little. Rusk went at him. It's interesting to see some guys you yeah, know, just not like Joel. I think it's more like a, I think the NBA, I mean, you see it through the All-Star game. I mean, sure, they're playing hard and like, yes, um, you know, they, they cared who won. But at the end of the day, I think it's more of a fraternity. I think all these guys, yeah. I mean, you see all the drama. I mean... That I watched tons of interviews this weekend of guys basically getting asked the question, you know, where was all the drama this weekend? Um, and there was no drama. There it's was because none. these guys are, you know, it's a fraternity. They're all, at the end of the day, they're all still friends. I mean, sure, LeBron's kind of salty that, you know, Kyrie wanted to go to Boston. But at yeah. the end of the day, I mean, this weekend they were they were friends they're again. Boys, they, yeah. were, they were boys again. I mean, there might be underlying issues that, yeah. you know, we don't see. But Well, I mean, you've seen it with Russ and Joel all season. I mean, all year it's, you know, Russ stared down Joel after the Thunder beat the Sixers twice in the season. Joel had that nasty dunk over Westbrook. Uh, Westbrook got a nasty dunk on Joel, too. They've been chirping all season. Um, and then, you know, even LeBron had a stare down late in the game uh, against Joel. I don't know. It's just interesting to see, you know, maybe he can be that kind of like young funny villain that just all the players just don't like because oh he's good enough to he can say what he wants yeah. at the end of the day because i mean he he's he's a great personality he's a great oh, player yeah. on the court he backs up his talk with play so i yeah. mean oh no definitely i i it's think just interesting yes I, I think it's more like the little brother that everyone gotcha. gets annoyed with yeah um and it's like all right what are you gonna do go tweet about me like, yeah exactly exactly <laughs> so i mean i i think joel Embiid has really you know He's good enough to be able to, you know, back up his talk. But, you know, I think some of these players, you know, probably think it gets old um, after a while. But, you know, I, I think it's all fun games. I mean, you saw them play the Thunder earlier this year. And, you know, Embiid, uh, you know, they almost they almost ended up being the Thunder in regulation. And Embiid waved at Russell Westbrook and said, go home. Yeah. And then Russell Westbrook said, go home. And then Embiid was like, why would I go home? This is my home. And all <laughs> it's this just stuff. weird. So, yeah, it was just, it was funny. Um, But, yeah. So we'll move on. 
you know, we, we talked about the All-Star weekend, but, you know, we're at that midpoint in the season. Uh, we should probably, you know, go through MVP, Rookie of the Year, and, you know, Most Improved Player and maybe Coach of the Year. Um, go through our awards, and, you know, we'll start with MVP. My clear-cut answer is LeBron James. I think at the end of the day, what he's done for this Cavaliers team this year has made him by far the most valuable player in the NBA. Um, I think a lot of people will end up giving votes to James Harden because of how well the Rockets are playing. And, you know, he kind of got ripped out of it last year, even though mm-hmm. he was deserving last year. Um, but if we want to give it to the most valuable player, it's got to be LeBron James. Yeah, and I, I completely agree with you on LeBron as MVP. Um, and kind of you, you always see in Mike D'Antoni's offenses, you always see guys elevate their play. I mean, Melo, Carmelo Anthony had some amazing seasons with Mike D'Antoni. You know, scorers do really well in that offense. And James Harden is just, you know, the perfect player for that. I mean, even you, when you saw it with Steve mm-hmm. Nash back in the day. Um, James Harden is just perfect for that offense, for what they run. Um, and he's talented. So, you know, he, 31, and a, 31 and a half points per game, nine assists. Shooting almost forty percent from three, PER of thirty point five. Like, if if it's not LeBron James, if LeBron James isn't in the league, then it's James Harden in my opinion this season. You know, he deserves to be the MVP. It, he should have probably been it last year as well. But you know, people love triple doubles. Um, but um, I still think it's got to be LeBron, and especially with you know, he's kept the team afloat when they were really bad. Um, sure, they had some down times. Certainly did. But now they have this new revamped roster. They seem to be surging, you know, right into the time where the season matters. And if they can, you know, rattle off a bunch of wins, end up with a two or one seed in the East, I think it's got to be LeBron. Um, and and yeah, that that's that's basically it to it. I don't. Are there any you know like latecomers into the season that you can maybe say making a push late for the playoffs? So so a guy, for example, save. You know, Damian Lillard feeds off this amazing all-star game that he had and just goes berserk in the second half of the season, and they end up, you know, with a four seed, possibly a three seed. Is, you know, maybe if his numbers are amazing, does he deserve, you know, MVP consideration? No, I think I'm, I think it's a two-person show at this Just point. between those two, yeah. Um, you know, it, it might end up, uh, you know, it might end up, that Harden or LeBron, you know, really takes the lead on this, but I think it's between those two guys. I mean, you look at, I'm going to vouch for LeBron all day. I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, 27.7 PER, which is lower than Harden, but he's shooting, you know, 36% from three, which for a guy who didn't have a jump shot 10 years ago, um, that's really good. 54% from the field, 8.9 assists, 8.1 rebounds, 26.5 points a game. Um, And on top of that, I mean, he's had to, you know, basically change teams in the middle of the season. So, um, I think this is, you know, it's a two-man show, but I really like LeBron James. So we'll move on to the next award. Um, you know, Rookie of the Year. I think you obviously know what I'm going to go with <laughs> on this. Um, ben Simmons has been terrific this year. Uh, I mean, he's got the 76ers in the uh, seventh seed in the Eastern Conference. I mean, what he's been able to do, I mean, he's averaging, he's at 18.5 PER, which, you know, is great, especially for a rookie. Um, 52.7% from the field, uh, 16.7.8 rebounds, 7.3 assists. I just, I'm very biased about it, but I think he's got to be, you know, rookie of the year, especially because, you know, I know you're going to say Donovan Mitchell probably. <laughs> and at the end of the day, the Jazz might not make the playoffs in the yep. Western Conference, and you know the Sixers are going to make the playoffs in the Eastern Conference. So, 
think you have to take that into consideration, but, you know, who's your rookie of the year? Yeah, I agree that it should it should end up, and it probably will end up being Ben Simmons. My only argument, like you said, you know, for Donovan Mitchell is he seems to be the leader of that team already, which is weird um, coming from a rookie, and especially when there are other, you know, vets on that team. You got Ricky Rubio, uh, Rudy Gobert, um, but Donovan Mitchell just in his just his first season is you know really taking that offense and the the primary offensive um, abilities um, you know almost twenty points a game forty four percent from the field thirty five from three a per of seventeen point oh um, but an effective field goal percentage of fifty point nine percent he just the thing with the case against Ben Simmons I guess is that he's playing with Joel Embiid who is also a very dominant center, um, one of the best centers in the game. Um, yes, Donovan Mitchell is also playing with Rudy Gobert, but I'd you know, really like to argue that Joel Embiid's offensive skills are much better than Rudy Gobert's. Um, I like, you know, I, I think it's Ben Simmons, but if Donovan Mitchell gets it, I understand why, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I really want to look at the numbers right here. So win shared this year, Donovan Mitchell 3.1, Ben Simmons 5. Mm-hmm. PER. Donovan Mitchell, 17. Ben Simmons, 18.5. So, you know, two analytical statistics right there, both better, better than Donovan Mitchell. Yeah. Then we go, um, he's got him in free throw percentage. Effective field field goal percentage Ben Simmons has. Uh, Three-point percentage, I mean, it's hard to beat, it's hard to lose to 0% from Ben Simmons. So, yeah. um, but field goal percentage, uh, he's got him by almost 10%. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you keep going. Uh, 55 games to 54 games, so that's very similar. 19 points to 16 points, but then rebounds and assists, Simmons yeah. does a lot better. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I, the one, the other one thing I wanted to look at was the uh, advanced statistics on the defensive side of the ball. And Donovan Mitchell is a negative 0.6 defensive box plus minus, and Ben Simmons is um, a 3.4. Uh, defensive box plus minus positive on both offense and defense. So, you know, I really went through all those numbers, um, just like I did with Joel Embiid and Porzingis, and we really separated the <laughs> yeah. two. You know, I think Ben Simmons is hands down the rookie of the year. I know people <laughs> love Donovan Mitchell because he's flashy. The Jazz are playing well. Um, and I think he, you know, any other year, last year he would have been unanimous rookie of the year. Who I mean, Mal- Malcolm year? Brogdon. Oh, yeah. Because, Donovan Mitchell gets this. But I mean, Ma- Malcolm Brogdon, don't get me wrong, had a great year last year, but – he won it basically because there was no other rookie. Should have gone. Should have gone to Joel Embiid, um, but he only played 31 games, yeah. and you know that wasn't mm-hmm. enough for the voters. So, I think this has got to go to Ben Simmons. And if it goes to Donovan Mitchell, I'm going to be pretty furious because at the end of the day, I mean, the numbers speak for themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, the Sixers are in the playoffs. They're you know basically stamped in the playoffs at this point. I think you got to give it to him. Yeah, my only thing. I wouldn't be as upset. I would still be confused as to why it wasn't Ben Simmons, but then I I would take into account the type of player that they are. You know, Donovan Mitchell is a scorer first, shooting guard. Ben Simmons is a ball handling. He's he's a point forward. So you expect the assists to be higher because of his size. You expect the rebounds to be higher, and you expect, you know, the the field goal percentage to be higher because he's getting, you know, easier attempts um, at the rim because of his size. Um, So Ben Simmons is by far far and away, you know, a better player in my mind, but I guess I wouldn't be as upset because looking at what type of player they are and how they're getting it done, I guess. Yeah, I mean, the the question I wanted to ask you is, who has the brighter future? I think the answer is oh, obvious with yeah, Ben Simmons. it's Ben Simmons. If he gets um, his jump shot down, he's he's going to be one of the best in the league. Yeah, the one thing that's concerning this year, I mean, 
he's taken only 10 three-point attempts and hasn't made one. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think, you know, a lot of his field goal percentage being so high is his ability to score at the basket. I think he mm-hmm. needs to work on that mid-range game a little bit more. Um, but if he can figure that out, he has the potential to be one of the best players in the NBA. Yeah, and it, it's kind of like what you saw early on in LeBron James's career, you know, Amazing athlete, can do everything, can pass the ball, can rebound, just doesn't have the jump shot down yet. And that took time for LeBron. And like we said, you know, he's having a great year from three. Um, Ben Simmons has all the potential, you know, with the right, you know, mechanics and the right guys around him to develop that shot. And if he does, you know, I have have no worries about him um, as, you know, becoming one of the faces of the NBA. Yeah, you know, the one thing I do appreciate uh, both Donovan Mitchell and Ben Simmons, I feel like they're kind of guys that, you know, keep it quiet, uh, close to close to their best, kind of like LeBron mm-hmm. did um, early in his career. And, you know, really, you know, put their head down, go to work, don't get in trouble. Uh, very humble, too. I mean, Ben Simmons, you don't see him trash-talking out there. No. He, he lets know, Joel do that. <laughs> yeah, he, he goes out there, he just plays the game hard. Um, and, you know, I saw him at fir- on first t- ESPN's first take the other day. Um, I actually tweeted about this. Uh, it was just a cool, you know, Stephen A. asked him, you know, do you think you can be one of the best players in the NBA? He's like, yeah, it'll, it'll take a lot of hard work. Um, but he thinks he can get there. So, you know, you, you do like the fact that he knows it will take a lot of work to get there. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't, you know, you could see some players saying, you know, oh, I'm one of the best players in the NBA right now, which, you know, he doesn't think he is. Um, still a lot of work to do. I could ramble on about the Sixers yeah. for days. I, I really like talking about Ben Simmons. Um, but, you know, the potential is there. And, you know, I really like what I've seen on Donovan Mitchell. I mean, Jazz basically stole him in the draft. Yeah. I mean, 13th overall, uh, later pick, not even the lottery. Uh, I, I really like what I've seen out of him. He's an athletic freak that's able to shoot and play, you know, all right defense. So, <laughs> you know, um, bright futures ahead. But we'll go to most improved player. I'll start with you because I don't really know who my most improved player gotcha. is. Um, but we'll start with you. Well, I thought that you were going to go in the direction of Victor Oladipo. So I ended up going with someone else. Um, my favorite, who I think should win most improved player of the year is uh, Chris Dunn uh, with the Chicago Bulls. Um, his rookie season, you know, 3.8 points per game, um, shooting, you know, 28% from three, 37% from the field. Um, he attempted four shots a game, uh, two rebounds, and two and a half assists a game. And he got to steal a game, I guess. But but then he took that. He, he did not have a great situation in Chicago. Um, Tom Thibodeau doesn't trust his young guys in Minnesota, so Chris Dunn didn't have a bright future going there. It's it's just known Tom Thibodeau throughout the throughout his time in um, Chicago, the young guys never got you know really their chance to shine, and so that's why I thought Chris Dunn's role was really limited. But through you know 41 games that he's played this year in Chicago, 13 and a half points, 6.3 assists, 4.6 rebounds. He's shooting better from three. He's shooting better from the field. He's up to 43% from the field. And he just, he seems to have found a much better situation for him under a much better, you know, a much, not better coaching staff, but something more tailored to his, you know, his abilities. Um, We spoke on here a couple weeks ago that, you know, I think Chicago's future is really bright with the guys that they have. I mean, Laurie Markkinen looks great. Um, He's another guy that, you know, will be all uh, rookie first team probably be in the top three or four voting for uh, Rookie of the Year. Um, and then they've got Zach Levine, Chris Dunn. They traded away Nikola Miritich, but that was just because he shared the same position, basically, as Markkanen. But I love what Chicago's doing, and I think that um, a lot of it has to, you know, come from Chris Dunn and how much he's improved in just, you know, the change of one season. Yeah, so I'm going to go a different direction. 
Uh, I'm not, actually not going to go with not Victor Oladipo. Oladipo. I think Jalen Brown, uh, his growth this year has been terrific. I mean, his rookie year, he only averaged 6.6 points per game, 2.8 rebounds, uh, less than a steal um, and assist a game. Uh, this year, 14.8 points per game, 5.9 rebounds, 1.1 steals. I mean, he's really turned around his mm-hmm. game. Uh, you know, last year it was almost, you know, they were wondering if they missed on the draft uh, for Jalen Brown. And this year, you know, he's really turned it around, uh, become a pretty good wing defender. And, you know, I think he's, you know, a big piece um, in what the Celtics are doing this year. Uh, and he's become a really good, you know, trade candidate too because he has a lot of value. Um, people have realized that he's actually able to shoot the ball, um, unlike last year. Yeah, no, Jalen Brown, um, definitely a guy up there. Um, I would put that more into just. I always think I, I I think everyone's play just gets inflated from Brad Stevens, kind of like mm-hmm. you see with Greg Popovich, kind of just those guys that get the best out of your players. I mean, you've seen with people who leave. Boston in the time that Brad Stevens has been there, how they go to perform um, already this year. I mean, Avery Bradley's had a down season. Jay Crowder has definitely had a down season, and Isaiah Thomas especially. I mean, that might be more health-centered, but um, also has just, you know, extremely declined since leaving the Brad Stevens offense and, you know, defensive mentality. And so, you know, Jalen Brown, bright, promising, you know, two can guard the two through four, um, great length, Good defense and can shoot now better too. Um, I think he's definitely a bright piece for Boston. Another guy definitely suited for um, most improved player. But you know, I guess since you didn't mention him, I just have to talk about Victor Oladipo because you know, first time All Star. He averaged 16 points a game in Oklahoma City last year, almost up to 25 a game now. Um, he's got 4.1 assists, 5.3 rebounds. Um, he's shooting better from three, better from the field. He's got an effective field goal percentage of 54.8, um, shooting 81% from the free throw line. Um, I just, it can't go ignored how he's made, you know, the the Pacers still relevant post-Paul yeah. George. Um, you know, it's funny because my two guys, Chris Dunn and Paul George, both replaced, you know, or Victor Oladipo and Chris Dunn both replaced all-stars that they were just part of the trade packages for. And, you know, both are having great seasons. Um, Victor Oladipo, first-time all-star. He's 25 years old. I think the future is bright for him in Indiana, back home, playing where, you know, he played college. Um, He would be another guy I'd say, you know, has to be in the top three for voting for most improved with Chris Dunn and Jalen Brown. Yeah, we also, you know, forget to mention, I feel like, you know, we always think that Andre Drummond's, you know, Good year to year, yeah. but what he's mm-hmm. done with his free throw percentage this year, going from 38% to 62%, mm-hmm. has made him so much more valuable. I mean, he's averaging over a point more per game, uh, over just around two rebounds a game more uh, per game, three assists more per game, yeah. um, more steals and, and more blocks this year. So he's really improved. Um, yeah. But there was another player. Oh, Clint Capella is another player I want to talk yeah. about. Man, you know, he's nice really he's really talked about. You know, he, he's improved by a point, uh, three rebounds a game, and, you know, almost a you know half a block a game improvement. So, mm-hmm. you know, he's been great. He's another one of those guys that really struggled at the line. Um, he's got a little bit better this year. And his defensive box plus minus went, went, went from 1.12 to 2.07 this year. So improvement on the defensive side of the ball. And he's really helping that Rockets team. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of good candidates uh, throughout the NBA. I mean, we're not even talking about Tyreek Evans. Yeah. Um, you know, mm-hmm. what he's been able to do in Memphis, uh, you know, from 10 points to 17 points a game. 
you know, a steal game. I mean, he was worth a first-round pick at the uh, trade deadline. Um, and then Giannis, I mean, we, we don't even talk about Giannis. He's at seven points more per game this year than last yeah. year. Uh, two rebounds, a uh, little less assists, but more steals and around the same amount of blocks. So, you know, Giannis has gotten better. I mean, oh, the list goes on and on on some of these players. Um, I mean, even Kristaps, I mean, he's up seven points more per game uh, this year. I mean, I know he had the devastating injury, but still, I mean, he showed a lot of, you know, steps forward and, I mean, I could. Go, there's so many players yeah, that I'm looking really at right race. now. It, I mean, Aaron Gordon too. I mean, he went from 12 points to 18 points a game, five rebounds to eight rebounds. Um, you know, over a steal a game now. I mean, hmm. Robert Covington. I mean, the list goes <laughs> on and on. I mean, had to throw in a sixer there. Yeah, I mean, geez. I mean, Devin Booker. I mean, obviously. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to keep going, but there's there's a lot of players in this race. Um, but if you had to pick one, who's it going to be? My my pick would end up being Victor Oladipo, just because um, he made a what seemed a, a bottom team in the Eastern Conference playoff relevant. Um, I think in the cases of Jalen Brown, Clint Capella, they're on some of the best teams in basketball. So you know they have improved a lot since last season but i'd you know say like their team success also gives them you know an easier path to success um and then i guess going against chris dunn who i mentioned first you know the bulls are still one of the worst teams in the league yeah um, and yes he's improved a lot and he's got a bright future there but you know we haven't seen um the success yet yeah yeah i mean i'd probably go with victor oladipo as well i think you know at the end of the day what he's done for this pacers team uh how much he struggled last year in oklahoma city and then, you know, how well he's playing and how he's leading this team in the playoffs. You know, I think you got to go with Victor Oladipo. But, you know, we'll move on. Coach of the year, mm-hmm. um, you know, a lot, a lot of good candidates out there. My pick is, you know, got to be Greg Popovich. I think he wins it every year. Um, I think he's got to win it this year because, you know, you look at this Spurs team with some of the injuries they've had throughout the year, mm-hmm. and they're still, you know, what, a top four, top three team in the Western Conference, toughest conference. Uh, way tougher than the Eastern Conference. I mean, what he's been able to do for that team is unlike any other. And, I, you know, I think he's the best coach in basketball regardless. And I think he should win the award this year. Interesting. So I'm going in a different direction. I'm going with uh, Dwayne Casey of the Toronto Raptors, currently first in the Eastern Conference. Um, just a lot of things with them. I mean, their offensive rating is fourth best in the league. Defensive rating is third best in the league. Uh, pace, 11th. Um, opponents, points per game, seventh. Points per game, third. Um, I just think that they've had a really a really good season and they've developed a lot of their guys on the bench really well. I've loved um, what we've seen from, oh God, I'm losing his name, Fred Van Vliet. Um, Wichita State is, you know, chiming in with eight points a game. You've got DeLon Wright, eight. Uh, CJ Miles, 10 points a game. Uh, you know, they're, they're doing what they can with, you know, I mean, I, I'm not the biggest fan of their front court with Ibaka and Valanchunas. Um, I'm not a big fan of Valanchunas, I guess, is my biggest thing. But they still have, you know, a great backcourt um, with Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan. Um, and they're in the first and they're in first place right now. And, you know, if they keep it up, they could very easily finish first in the East as well. Um, and I think that says a lot when, you know, it's not a great Eastern Conference. But, you know, this year there's Boston. There's uh, the Cavs still. Um, you know, there are certain teams that that – you know, there is competition in the East, um, and what Toronto has done with that, I think, you know, it's got to go to Dwayne Casey. Yeah, you know, I, I think another good candidate would be Quinn Snyder, uh, mm-hmm. what he's doing with that Utah Jazz team. I mean, basically taking them from 10 games below 500 to into the playoff hunt. 
um, really grooming uh, Donovan Mitchell into you know one of the NBA's brightest young players. So you know I think Quinn Snyder's got to be in that conversation as well. But um, yeah, I mean also Brad Stevens. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. You know, uh, arguably one of the best coaches in basketball now, and uh, what he's done with the Celtics team this year to really you know take them to the top of the Eastern Conference. Um, yeah, my thing with Brad Stevens, I you know I think he's you know one of the top two coaches in the league and. He's young enough where he'll, you know, he'll get his, you know, Coach of the Year awards, you know, for a long time now. Um, but, you know, I think they've they've regressed a little the past few weeks. It looked scary before the All-Star break. That might just be because, you know, it was a longer first half of the season. Um, they pushed, you know, they pushed the season up early but kept the All-Star break yeah. at the same time. So there's more games. So all the teams kind of got a little tired. Saw Golden State, you know get a little um, fried out, you know, the Cavs, of course, fell apart, but Boston also regressed a little before the break, so, you know, hopefully, you know, when the games pick back up later this weekend, right? Mm-hmm. I think this Saturday, yep. Um, no, Thursday. Thursday. Thursday's the first games. Damn. It's not that long of a break. That's pretty long. For NBA fans, but there were, for well, NBA yeah, fans, like, you get to watch it, but for the players, because some, some games ended on Thursday. They had to travel to right to LA after their game on Thursday stay there the whole weekend if they were in something from Friday to Sunday, then you get Monday through yeah, but Monday I mean, and Tuesday. Monday's, Monday's your travel day, right? Yeah. And then you get back, and then you have a day off Tuesday, and you probably practice Wednesday. Yeah. And then if you have a away game, you travel Wednesday. Yeah. Or I don't know. It just Thursday. seems, put, it just seems short Thursday. to me. I don't know. I feel like I would – I mean – It's a long season. It, it is, is a long really season. Long. But and, and we haven't had you know, this season, we haven't had the, the DNPs because of coach's decision as much. And you might get they that. They took away the back to back. Yeah, yeah, that's true. This the schedule is a little a bit lot longer. I don't know. I just that's surprising that I, I just feel like they, you know, could use a couple more days, I feel like. Yeah. I don't know. So I wanted to uh before we end the show, I wanted to, you know, look at you know, at the midway point or more than the midway point of the season, but people use the all star break as that midway point. Mm-hmm. Uh look at the playoff picture right now. Uh look at some of the matchups. I actually have them up right here. Um the Raptors would play the Heat right now, uh one versus eight. Mm-hmm. Celtics would play the Sixers in a two seven matchup. Could be a really good series. Um three six is another interesting Cavs Bucks. Could be a terrific series. Um, and then you got, you know, the most boring series in playoff <laughs> history with the Wizards playing the Pacers. Um, but that, you know, I could see the Wizards losing that series oh, yeah. uh, to the Pacers. I mean, the way they're playing right now with Victor Oladipo has been, you know, something else. Uh, but then the Western Conference, we have one versus eight would be Rockets, Pelicans. I think that's a four-game sweep, especially yeah. without DeMarcus Cousins. Mm-hmm. Um, then you got Golden State-Portland, which, you know, presents some interesting matchups, but I think... You know, probably four or five game series. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. What, what do you think? Like the next one's three six. Uh, Spurs Nuggets. Do you think the Nuggets have a chance of being this team or no? The Nuggets have a lot of firepower. I mean, it's tough to you know beat a Greg Popovich team in the playoffs. I mean, I guess it depends where Kawhi Leonard is. If if Kawhi Leonard is back and playing, you know, give that to San Antonio pretty easily in my opinion. Um, but Denver's got some guys. You know, they added Paul Millsap this offseason. Him and Jokic playing together would be nice. Jamal Murray seems to just be growing every year. Um, you know, he he keeps getting better. They traded away Emmanuel Moutier, brought in Devin Harris as their, their point guard, I guess, to kind of run the offense. Um, it'd be an interesting series, but I still got to give it to Popovich. And as long, you know, if Kawhi Leonard is playing. Yeah, uh, we'll see. I mean, I don't... I don't think the Nuggets have enough firepower. Yeah. I mean, I mean I, they got a lot of guys on the bench. Like Will Barton. They have a very deep right. team. They have yeah, a very deep yeah. team, but a lot again, of shooters. A lot of shooters. Again, Pop knows how to exactly. you know, game plan for yeah. teams like this. 
um, unless they have a star, and they don't really have a star. Exactly. I mean, they, Jokic is a star, I mean, but... Think about where the Spurs were last year. I mean, going into the fourth quarter, they were up, what, 25 on Golden State yeah. before Kawhi got out? So, you know, Popovich knows how to coach up against the, the greatest teams of all time. You know, he's taken down LeBron, Wade, and Bosh before. Um, so hopefully if Kawhi's back, that could really make the playoffs interesting because when you had Kawhi out there with the Spurs, with Greg Popovich, they were putting some pressure on Golden State. And Golden State's bench isn't as good as it was last year either. You know, Golden State... Um, you know, they drafted uh, Jordan Bell. They're, they traded for his draft rights, I guess. Um, but besides that, you know, the centers, Pachulia and uh, JaVale McGee, have both been going down a little declining. Uh, David West is getting older. Um, you know, if, if the Spurs get a healthy Kawhi back in time for the playoffs, I mean, they could be really interesting up against some of these good teams. Yeah, they're kind of quietly there in the Western Conference. I mean, I feel like everyone's talking about the Rockets. Yeah. Um, and you know, and you know the Thunder and the and the Timberwolves, mm-hmm. and that you know, I think I I even forgot about the Spurs That'll a little be bit. Timberwolves, um, and Timberwolves Thunder. Thunder, yeah, that's the four or five matchup. Uh, interesting enough, the winner of that would play the Rockets, hmm. um, which would be a really really good matchup as well. Um, but who would you? I mean, we're far out, but who would you take in a series like that? That's a really interesting matchup and something I would. Oh man. That that would be my favorite opening round matchup by far. I think looking at all these, I mean, maybe Boston, Philadelphia, and Cleveland, Milwaukee. Boston, Philadelphia. That doesn't really interest me that much. What? I think I think Boston takes that kind of easily. What? Yeah. Who do they have to guard Joel Embiid? Al Horford. He's not neutralizing Joel but Embiid. I feel and then like and then Ben Simmons. Who's guarding Ben Simmons? I just that team. Jason coached, Tatum. No, Jalen Brown. Just like you said, improved most improved player of the year. Yeah. No, I know, but he's like what six six. Since I don't know. 6-11, I, think, I mean, I think that I think that with the Celtics, I just take the coaching staff and the, the defensive mindset. Brett Brown and the firepower. Coach. Brett Brown's a good I coach. I know, but he's not. He's not. Uh, he, I can't even think of his name now. Tell us his name. Brad Stevens. Brad, he's not Brad Stevens. Yeah, you know, I think that. I think I like the shooters better on th- on the wing from uh, Boston. I think Kyrie is still you know a top player in the league, and I'd say he's better than Ben Simmons and Joel yeah. Embiid. Um, I think Jason Tatum will get his shot back. He's regressed. He's kind of hit that rookie wall, but you know maybe this week break will get him back. Um, and then on the bench, you know Marcus Smart, uh, Terry Rozier has you know had some great games. I like the depth of Boston. I guess to to win over Philly. We're getting away from what we were talking about with the Thunder and Timberwolves because that is the best matchup of the first round. I think that's so amazing because you're going to have – let's take it position by position. You've got Russell Westbrook against Jeff Teague. Jeff Teague. You know, Russell Westbrook's going to do his thing. At the two, you're playing Alex Abrinas against Andrew Jamal Wiggins. Crawford? Andrew Wiggins. Andrew Wiggins. You're going to – so you put – Andrew Wiggins starts. You don't do small ball to match up with Paul George and Carmelo, though? Because if you do Paul George at the three, Carmelo at the four, you could put Butler at the four, Wiggins at the no, three. No, I think I think I think Andrew Wiggins starts and it goes Jeff Teague, Andrew Wiggins, uh, Jimmy Bob. Butler, Gibson, 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 and yeah. Carl Anthony. Towns. I guess that would be better for defense then, too. Yeah, you know, it would be a cool matchup down low. I think an underrated matchup would be the Stephen Adams and Carl oh, Anthony Towns. Yeah, Carl um, Anthony Towns still needs to learn to play defense, but Stephen Adams knows how to play defense. He could bully around. Jimmy cat. Jimmy Butler and Paul and George, Paul George what a, what a matchup on the that wings. Great. Or maybe you even, you know, sometimes you put have to put Jimmy Butler on Russ. And you got two pretty good coaches in that series, exactly. too. I mean, you got Billy Donovan um, and Tom Thibodeau. I mean, I would, That's a really interesting matchup to me. Um, their benches... Aren't the you know the best in the league by any means, but yeah. um, 
that would be a really interesting matchup. And, you know, especially like you said, in, in the next round, if they had to face Houston, um, you know, I, I think the defense, I mean, Russell Westbrook and Paul George have been some of the best defensive players this season. And um, for the Timberwolves, Jimmy Butler is one of the greatest defensive players in the league. So that would be a really interesting matchup to watch. Um, I don't know. That'd be an interesting... Do you think, do you think that the Pelicans end up being the eight seed? Or do you think L.A. or uh, Utah end up slipping in? You know, I I love to see... If Anthony Davis keeps doing what he's doing without DeMarcus Cousins, then they can hold on to the eight seed. Um, of course, right now it's only at a half-game lead. I don't expect the Clippers to make the playoffs. Um, I expect them to kind of just fall off, whether it be health or just tired legs. I don't expect Danilo Gallinari to lead a team into the playoffs. Um, And then the Jazz, I guess, would be the only team that I could see taking it from New Orleans, and they're hot right now. I mean, that winning streak is still going on. Um, They're killing it, and Donovan Mitchell's, you know, hopefully he doesn't hit that rookie wall. If he does, you know, regresses a little, then they probably miss the playoffs, but... um, I just like seeing Anthony Davis in the yeah. playoffs. You don't get to see it enough, and he's easily, you know, a top seven player in the league. Yeah, a lot of people want to see Donovan Mitchell, though. I mean, that's true. I mean, like the up and coming, I guess, yeah, guy now. Um, but yeah, you know that that'll be interesting. I'm excited for those playoffs, but we still got what 20 games to go. Yeah. So almost uh, there. A lot, lot of seeding still up in the air. Um, but that'll do it for this week's episode of Courtside Take. Uh, Blake, any last words? Uh, the tank is on. Uh, First overall pick for the New York Knicks. I'm, I'm tanking. I'm tanking hard right now. Sixers are beating the Celtics in the first round. Thanks for joining Can't us. Can't wait to argue about that. Take care, guys.